Pulp MX Network production. You cast me, complete me till death do us part. What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX wrap-up show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity. All right, man. Welcome to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. This is Dark Side from the Moto X Pod Show. This is the number one wrap-up show in the moto industry, where each week, myself and a couple guests wrap up and discuss the good, the bad, and the janky in that week's Pulp MX Show. But before we get started, I want to thank all the sponsors who've come on board. Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Seal Savers, and Motosport.com. I appreciate all the help and support from those great companies, so please use them and support them. Also, feel free to reach out with questions, comments, or critiques by emailing me, darkside at pulpmex.com. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Just like Van Halen, Van Halen, right? Yep. Way better than Van Hagar. Let's just Gotta hold that. Got to get that, that uh, Dick Willie thing. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's where I'll walk out. Yeah, okay. That, if you think I left early last week, yeah. keep those drops keep up. Warming up for 500. Just warm yeah. it up. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, Opening act. I mean, imagine I release it on April Fool's wow. Day. My friend Randy Richardson has requested sushi, and we're having sushi. Got to defend your woman. Uh, his start in his heat race was horrendous. I don't know what was happening. It was like mm-hmm. mine at the World Vets. It was mm-hmm. it was pretty bad. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. No, probably not. He saw no. me closing in on him. Anderson hasn't done this show, podcast mm. and stuff, like Zach said. That's odd. Zach would be a great team manager. Roger needs to go. Humble, confidence and huge confidence. balls. What is big dick yeah. energy without the big dick? Like, I can't do it. Like, I just, I can't. I, it's, I, I got a six-minute race and everybody wants more. Like, I, I get hit up every time I, I with ideas. But sweet Jesus, can we What's just, heart rate? Can we just heart rate appreciate right the six minutes that they gave me? Gosh. Like, we can't? We can't appreciate it? I get, it's not Mike's fault. I mean, the last time a Moto Concepts rider won a heat, he burst out in tears. That freaking genius guy you got over in the corner, that Mars guy, and guy, you totally freaking scored when you nailed that dude. Thanks for leaving me on hold for an hour, dick, and then punt me the first time. She's uh, ducking the issue. I could see him coming to your house, but it it wouldn't have been on good terms. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to bring the ball gag. One goofy dude. Those two up there are like spitting bars and rapping, and I'm just sitting in the corner like, what do I do with my hands? I did a wheelie, and I was like, that's enough. <laughs> the, the FMIP taught me a lot. Everyone else was all pissed, and they wanted to like fight him over it. Go to Glen Helen and finish motos with my tip broke. Randy Renthal brought to you by the folks at Renthal. That's his new name, Randy Renthal. Can you get this fucking coffin of hair? Where's the bicycle? Proud yeah. sponsor of the wrap-up show? Uh... The original and still best lead singer of Van Halen. Those fuckers charged me again. <laughs> Fuck you, Avis. Yeah, but coming from you, it'd be more of a no-class action lawsuit. Avis can go fuck themselves just like Hertz. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Avis Car Rental Pulpamex Wrap-Up Show. Thank you for the $16.99 a week, Avis. I appreciate that as the salary for the sponsorship. I'm your host, Darkside, from the Moto X-Pod Show, and I'm really ready to get into this week's episode. But first, I need to introduce this week's co-host. This week, I have a genius, and I have an idiot. You decide which is which. First up, for the Pulpamex Show, brought to you by Guts Racing, Travis Marks. What's up, dude? What's going on? That was a good intro. I like that. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I, no, uh, bad. I even didn't. I fl- I didn't even flub it. I got it. Got it right the first time. <laughs> also, professional. Also here with me in studio tonight. He's fighting for a. He's fighting for a way into the Pulp Mech Studios. He's from the Moto X Pod Show. 
He's brought to you by Michelin Bicycle Tires. Stop acting like an idiot. You're the idiot. Don't be an idiot. Changed my life. TJ Smith, what's up, dude? What's up, man? So, I mean, I guess I'm the genius since... Is that what we're saying? Sure. If you want to, I mean, that's well, what, that's what we'll, I want to we'll get believe. into. We're going to get into the genius here in a minute. <laughs> that's part of uh, this very wrap up show. But this week, it was a slap, slapstick style comedy with Show Forty Nine and Michelin's Randy Richardson in studio. On the phone, we had Zach Osborne. Yeah, we kind of talked to him recently, so I, I mean, he didn't have a whole lot of anything new to say. But that's all right. Brandon Hartraff, Tevin Tapia, Nate Ramsey. Little, little upset about that one. We kind of covered that on my call, too. At first, yeah. I acted like I wasn't upset, and I was like, yeah, okay, maybe I was a little bit upset. But we're going to get into all that stuff, Marks, TJ. There were a lot of laughs on this show, a couple moments where I thought Steve might be a little frustrated, Marks, and I'll be able to get your insight on that here in a minute. But also just a lot of great content. So, Marks, you were in studio. You were there for all of it. Overall, how was the show for you? Uh, seemed like it was a fun time. Man, it's always a fun time with Randy, and uh, Randy's probably one of my favorite people in this industry, or or even outside of the industry. Honestly, he's just a good dude. He's obviously very witty and funny, and I think he's I think he's hilarious. So, uh, anytime I get to hang out with Randy, I think it's great. And uh, I think their their banter back and forth, you know, between Steve and him, uh, is always really entertaining. So uh, it was it was fun. It's always good. Yeah, but TJ, you were listening on the way home, and then you yeah. listened to driving home from West Texas, and then you listened again, I think. I did. Today, but you didn't watch it, right? So there were some moments where, especially for some listeners, where Randy could probably be a little bit much. Yep. Sometimes he goes too far, We, you know, or at least for Steve. With, remember the Glenn Helen show mm-hmm. with all the, the videos and stuff? There was a couple moments where I thought Steve might be just like a little bit irritated, and he would just kind of move on. Like he didn't really – he didn't lose a shit on Randy or anything. Like, all right, enough, Randy. But there was just a few moments. Did you feel it just listening? Yeah, you could definitely hear it over the, I guess, like over the air or whatever yeah. in his voice. And he was just like, yeah, just like you said, all right, let's just move on. Yeah, like, all right, Randy. Okay. Yeah, okay let's move Randy. on. Marks, did you get any of that? Was there in studio when you're there, like those moments where there, you know, there's a little bit of tension? Do you love that because it irritates Steve? Or are you like, oh boy, here, this could get bad? Uh, a little of both, honestly. <laughs> I do love it because I think we all enjoy when Steve gets a little irritated just because, you know, he can he dishes it out all the time, right? Um, so when it comes back to him a little bit, it's always funny. But uh, it goes – it passes quickly, yeah, we'll say. True. Like, you can tell it's just like slight annoyance, whatever, and then just we move on. Uh, so that's that's the good thing about it is it doesn't last long. Right, right. Well, we're going to get into some more stuff about Randy – uh, but we need to get rolling because uh, Travis Marks this week is playing the role of tits by needing a hard out. Short show tonight. Short show. So no let's uh, so let's uh, see if we can get to everything. Right off the bat, Marks, me and TJ were talking, um, and I saw some of these comments on YouTube. Right off the bat, Randy, you were playing some of the drops, the Jim Holly drops, and Randy wasn't having any of it. I feel like that was legit. Like he was corporate, a little bit corporate Michelin Randy. Yeah, I do think it was legit, too. And I think they mentioned something about it before the show. And Steve was actually the one that played the, the Holly Drops at the beginning of the show. Oh, that made okay. Back, that made it come back up. Uh, he he has those on his iPad right in front of him. Um, so a lot of the times the Holly Drops are him, especially the anal bleaching one, because he loves that one for some <laughs> reason. I think it was because of the way it made Charles laugh yeah. like a couple weeks ago. Right. Uh, so he just thinks that one's hilarious. 
but uh, no, I, I do think it was legit, and I understand people being a little annoyed by it. Um, you know, Randy, I feel like is pretty easygoing. I think he was just being a little, like you said, a little corporate and trying to represent Michelin uh, this time a little. You know, he had his bright blue and yellow shirt on, <laughs> yes, which he, he doesn't always do. You know, he was trying to be a representative. I think I think the Starcross Six announcement probably had something to do with that. So uh, I don't feel like he's always quite that uptight we'll say no but, but uh, there's been times yeah, when he's time. been he's been in for Kiefer after dark and he's kind of like yeah i'm not gonna have you know like he he won't have as much of a part of it so i feel like the the vulgar he the quote-unquote we'll call it vulgar humor is right. not his thing when he's you know doing basically being a representative of michelin he kind of tries to steer away from that a little bit yeah yeah for sure and, and i get it like I, I get that it kind of everyone loves the drops especially the holly drops like those are the hot the hot topic right now so for him to kind of take those away is a little bit of a bummer but uh you know we still snuck a couple in throughout the show oh yeah there's a couple so. and he would get see i thought he was looking it looked like he was looking at you so maybe he thought you were doing those drops but like I, so i kind of i blamed you basically in my head <laughs> well that's the thing is i get whether for better or worse, whether good or bad, I get uh, blame or credit for a lot of things that I shouldn't. So right, uh, right. sometimes it's talent, sometimes it's tits. You know, there's things behind the scenes that go on that Swizzcore does, and but I think a lot of a lot of things just get thrown on me. So that was probably one of them. Uh, yeah. So I want to also talk about the the meals lately have um, elevated. What's up, TJ? Well, I, I had a question for oh, yeah, people go ahead. To, to learn, I guess, from behind the show kind of stuff would be the, like, is Randy that way when, when the cameras and the mics are off? Because a lot of his humor is very sexually innuendos and, and like that. So it is it is not clean in any way. A lot, even his jokes last night had a lot of sexual, I mean, it didn't straight out say anything, but it was. So my question is, is it the corporate side or is that even Randy when he's off camera? Uh, no, I think it's I think it's the corporate side. Yeah. Um, I think Randy off camera is a little more loose. I still don't think he's like super dirty or vulgar or anything. Obviously, he's a jokester and likes yeah. likes that stuff. But uh, as far as going super dirty, I still don't think that's totally him. He's pro- he's more okay with it, I think, off camera. But again, I think just the corporate representative side of him this time was a little yeah. more a little more buttoned up. Makes sense. Well, yeah, briefly, as I was saying, though, the, the dinner requests lately have elevated a little bit with uh, another sushi request. Uh, you know, like I'm sitting there thinking everybody that like this seems to be the the top notch meal request. And I'm like, I'd much rather have Chick-fil-A. I'm just I don't give a shit about sushi. But uh, Steve's got to be kind of like, OK, I think we've set the bar a little too high. Like show 500. I mean, what are they going to do for the two greatest of all times? The, the king and the the goat. Yeah, well, I, I don't know what he'll do. I'm gonna have to ask him. It'll probably be Steak, sushi, rib, or uh, no uh, tomahawks. Tomahawks. Yeah, we'll have tits <laughs> over just to grill, and then he'll go home. Yeah, I, well, we're gonna talk about 500 also in a minute. But let's uh, let's start with callers. Every once in a while, there's some really good calls that I touch on. Sometimes they're they're pretty good. Sometimes they're unprepared, and sometimes they're spot on. Let's listen to one caller in particular that really stood out Monday night. Uh, Damien, what's up, man? You can have yeah. That friggin' genius guy you got over in the corner, that Mars guy, and 
guy. You totally freaking scored when you nailed that dude. No, actually, Ta- the- Talon's I'm totally swinging from his nuts right now. Talon's in the corner. Talon's in the corner. Guy. For the record, oh, okay. Talon's in the corner. You well, mean where, him? Wherever Marks is located, okay. you freaking you scored when you got that guy locked in. I, I, yeah. I feel yep. like him with Courtney. Absolutely. I, yes. I love this yeah. guy. So. Yeah, you are definitely a basement boss. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, Marks, the, the basement boss was absolutely, I, I kind of, the guy almost, if you listen really close, it almost sounds like bets a little bit, but I, that was a great call, man. How'd that feel? Uh, you know, it's, it's nice. The basement boss line was hilarious and I'm stealing that forever. I'm yeah. never letting that one die. Um, obviously I'm always very appreciative of when people think highly of me. So and I, I try not to let it go too much to my head, but man, that one was, that one was tough. That one was tough. I was I was riding high on that one. Yeah, I nominate Damien for Pulpy Caller of the Year. I agree. All right, fair he enough. He can have whatever uh, award he wants. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. Uh, anyway, uh, early early question in the show. Let's we'll get away from callers. I have some more on callers in a minute. Early question show topic uh, was about Will Cooper Webb win? Uh, Cooper Webb uh, had a pretty good practice crash. His start in his heat race was horrendous. I don't know what was happening. It was mm-hmm. like mine at the World Vets. It was mm-hmm. it was pretty bad. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. No, probably not. It's kind of a quiet sixth. I mean, he caught yeah. Barsha at the end. But, I mean, with five rounds left and he's banged up, I think the question is going to need to be answered or a- sorry asked, Randy. Uh, will he win this year? And I think certainly this weekend off is going to help him, right, to recover. Um, but certainly he's uh, riding a little banged up. He, I saw the the – the pre-race conversation about you know a small hairline fracture and it's not in a big you know, yep. not in a real low uh, high load area or what have yep. you anyway but uh it's not a, it's not quote affecting him but if you're riding with some form of injury you're compensating in some way but yeah you would assume that someone who wins a championship any given year you would assume they certainly would win some or multiple races the following year i could see atlanta playing into Webb's favor. Webb's favor, yeah. A, l- a little more a little more spread out, um, a little more rutted maybe. Um, I could see that maybe. No, I would be more surprised if he does win one than I would be if he doesn't. I th- so, TJ, I'm going to go to you first. That last statement from uh, Randy hurts a little bit. Like, I'd be more surprised if he does than if he doesn't. But this is a great bench racing topic. Like, this is what we do. Uh, I, and it hurts me a little bit because I am a Cooper guy. Yeah. And, like, they're being way too, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like rational? Because I, I, it's kind of like my Dylan Ferrandis is going to win the championship theory. Like, yes, of course Cooper's going to win. No, I'm off that one now. <laughs> but of course Cooper's going to win one. He's freaking Cooper Webb, man. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. They're, they're, they had good points. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about it before. I, I genuinely don't. I agree with what Randy said and how Randy put it would be more surprised if he did than if he didn't. That makes sense. Like, if he does win, it's not going to be the shock of a, of the year. But if he doesn't win, it's not going to be the shock of the year either. It's just the way things are going. What do you think, Marks? Yeah, and I like, again, I like the way Randy put it. I I like the way they discuss it because I like listening how things change over the season. Like, the beginning of the season, if you would have said there's a shot, Cooper doesn't get a win, everyone would have thought you were absolutely insane mm-hmm. you know imagine like betting odds on that um so to get to where we are a show after round 12 and have this be a topic of conversation uh, is is pretty fascinating but i'm i said on a couple shows ago that i don't <laughs> think he'll get a win either and i'm sticking with that yeah. wow 
I guess, yeah, maybe. I'm, a, I'm one of the only guys still on the Cooper Webb bandwagon. Even JT's kind of jumped off a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate. I just hope this doesn't trend into outdoors because I'd love Ooh, to see well, it. Outdoors was bad last year, so yeah. who's gonna, who, why do you think it's going to be better? But when he comes back and he wins this championship after Eli gets hurt and Jason gets hurt, <laughs> you guys are going to be like, wow, Darkside really knew what was up. Yeah, so you just remember this. If, so, if something happens to Eli, we're going to search your house for voodoo dolls. Right? <laughs> Fair enough. Yep. But just remember this. You guys listen to the wrap-up show, so it's <laughs> I'm calling it Cooper Webb for the championship. <laughs> Okay, let's move on back to Randy. Big news. We kind of touched on him a minute ago, right? You said it, Marks. Randy is, uh, you know, broke the news that the Starcross Sixes are out. I think they uh, actually are officially out Friday. And uh, they also have amazing bicycle tires there, TJ. They do. What do you think about the BMX tires from Mission Bicycle? I have got quite a bit of time on them now, and I've talked about it before. I've run other brands that, like, that are we're supposed to be the top brands and they have, I actually like the missions better. They have less rolling resistance and seem to have just as much traction. It's kind of weird how you could have both, but it is, I mean, it's a really good tire in the BMX world. Uh, Marks, have you ever used Michelin on uh, mountain bikes? I have not. I've never actually been on a mountain bike ride. So, well, not, not, I don't say never, but not, uh, you're not missing last, much. Mountain bikes are boring. I thought, you, sure. I thought you had gone on a ride with Steve in the past. Surprisingly, no. I know you would assume, right? But I just haven't. I, I am afraid to because that sounds terrible, and I'm not in great shape, and I'm slowly working on it. But yeah. uh, we'll get there. We'll get there when it's time. <laughs> well, I got to go on the the e bike ride with Steve last time I was there, and actually, I'm in really bad shape, Marks, and it was a blast. It was not. It wasn't bad. I mean, I just put it on whatever full boost is at the end because I had I needed it. But it was it was actually a pretty good time. But anyway, yeah. you guys know all about Michelin motorcycle tires. The Starcross 5s, the Starcross 6s from Pulpamex. And Michelin Bicycle Tires is a proud sponsor of this very Pulpamex wrap-up show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire. To this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin Bicycle Tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, visit bike.michelin.com for all the info on their products, such as the the Wild Enduro, the E-Wild, the XCR competition road power, the power road, uh, road bike tires, all fantastic products brought to us by our guy, Randy Richardson. And those BMX tires need more love. I'm telling you, that's an amazing tire. It's really, really, really good. Yeah. I have a set and I haven't rode that bike yet. Cause I don't ride the kind yeah. of BMX you do. I probably should just give those tires to you. Okay. Deal. Yeah, probably should. Um, <laughs> and just FYI, you know, Randy, Mentioned giving away a set of the Starcross Sixes, Star SC Six in the uh, con at the topic yep, bar on your email and use. I already sent it to the contest to the fantasy deal. contest at pulpmexshow dot com. <laughs> it's not that hard. So that was you, TJ. Noted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I was the one previously telling everybody to go to contact at pulpmexshow dot com. Yeah, that is incorrect. It is contest. Yeah. And uh, I am actually getting a set, and apparently Randy has my wheels off my YZ250. Kiefer texted me and told me he took the wheels. So not only is he installing David Villeman's Starcross 6s, he is installing mine. On on the parts bike. Well, it is in parts right now. Yeah, the suspension's <laughs> gone to race tech. I haven't even seen it yet. But um, anyway, thank you, Randy. You rule. Uh, another topic. Eli Tomac. Steve says... 
He's certainly going to win the championship. And I think I just dispelled that with my comment a minute ago. Let's listen. We got five rounds left, and he's certainly going to win this championship. He's not one to make mistakes and break a wrist in the middle of the week. or You know what I mean? He's literally his, his uh, uh, consecutive races streak is impressive, and he's missed one, I think, 450 Supercross in five years, I think. Yeah. Now I think my switch a little bit focuses to outdoors. Now, like, And now I'm like, I think he's going to win outdoors. Like, I, I think he's going to win outdoors because this is a new Eli Tomac, and I am just on that train right now that – after getting four of them on Cowie. He's riding with so much confidence yeah. right now and, and authority. Yep. And I and I like what you're saying about like carrying this momentum. And sure he's got the one championship in four fifty supercross, which yep. is which is, you know, amazing to achieve that, right? Yep. But for him to take what looks like a second championship and then take that into the outdoors where arguably he's much more comfortable anyway. Um, I yeah. agree with you. That momentum yeah. looks like it'll carry over that way. It's uh, it's quite a story. He's gonna be the oldest supercross champion ever. Yeah, this is easy for him, in my opinion. You know, there were days on Cowie that were questionable, but mm-hmm. right now, I mean, there's nothing questionable about it. Like, and he's getting starts, which has always been his his vice, right? But uh, man, he looks unbelievable, impressive. All the things, the bike looks good. It looks like he knows where he's going, no matter what. It there's no questions in his mind that he can do uh, whatever he wants to do whenever he needs to do it uh on that bike and um yeah i mean there was obviously some things at cowie or whatever that uh they weren't happy with and you know it's hard and being in my my position or putting myself in his position rather i would have struggled to make that decision right like to just abandon everything that you knew and bill and you're you're at the what people thought was sort of the end of later tail end of his career, which maybe he still is, you know, um, but to make that jump and we all know that he got paid less and, you know, it yeah. was solely for the fact that he thought he could be better is uh, a major league play. Like that's pretty baller in my opinion. Barks, uh, you know, it's still early. I feel and we're not early, but there's still a lot of racing left to call him the champion already. But I think, I think the the consensus from the majority of people probably is that realistically Eli's going to win this championship. But I really like what Zach said about like how that would have been difficult for him to go away from what he was comfortable with at that stage of his yeah, career. Yeah. Like that was interesting. Like that, I, I you know that's that is really a big risk he took. Yeah, it is, and and I like when stuff like that gets brought up with other racers so that you can get that their perspective on it. You know, to hear that from Zach means a lot more than to hear it from. You know, I, I'll even say to hear it from Steve, like Steve yeah. can say, yeah, that's a big risk. But to hear it from someone that's been on a factory team uh, has won championships to say, yeah, that's a big risk to take to go out of your comfort zone and make that decision and move. I think that holds a little more weight, you know, and obviously no offense to Steve, but that's just kind of how it is. So, um, again, that's just part of the perks of having these pro riders on to get their get their thoughts on what's going on in the sport and what's happening with these riders and especially someone like Tomac and such a big change and, and seeing how it's playing out. So. Yeah. And, and to add weight to that, Zach is somebody who took major chances with his career to get to where he was. Mm-hmm. And even he would, you know, hesitate to take a chance like that at it's, the later stage. Yeah. Too, yeah. yeah you're, kind of, yeah you're kind of comfortable. You're comfortable with everybody. Yep. Yeah. That was, and, and yeah, that's a great, great point. TJ. Oh God. 
Dang it. <laughs> Great point, CJ. Genius. Genius. Wow. All right. See, I, I was I was a little upset with him because he was talking about kicking me off the show to have his new favorite fan on instead of me. Damien, yeah. Yeah, but now I'm, I'm now a Marks fan again. He, so. he got you back. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm back on the Marks train. Now, TJ, you told me the other day that you were like, you're excited. You're, you're kind of like already over Supercross and wasn't excited about outdoors. No, that wasn't me. Who said that? That, that, was, that was our other the other co-host. I swear that was you when nope, we were talking. Somebody he, told me I that. I love Supercross. I'm all about Supercross. Somebody told me they were excited. Maybe it was Maybe it was Scotty. It was. It was excited about outdoors. I'm like, man, I'm not ready for that. But Steve's saying like he's the favorite for outdoors. I don't think he's wrong now. Like, oh, no. You know, it's like it's funny it, or it's crazy how it's shifted so quickly. Just a few weeks ago, I was like, well, we still got Jason Anderson. You know, Chase should be able to win. And now it's just like, all right, well, it's kind of feels like it's like it's almost like it's over for the whole year, not yeah. just Supercross, but all right, our national is kind of set now too. It kind of it's kind of a bummer a little bit if you look at it like that, Marks. It is. I mean, so. and I think with anyone else, like you, you wouldn't be having this conversation. Um, like we, I think we've learned in the past few years that you can't hold a ton of weight on one championship and how that will affect that rider's. Um, performance in the next one right you know you take take webb and supercross and then he goes to outdoors and doesn't do great you take Ferrandis and outdoors and he doesn't go great in supercross but i think with eli it's different because he's proven himself so much in outdoors it's like, well yeah but think about when he, no won the la- when he did win his his supercross 450 title his first one he didn't do yeah. shit outdoors but i don't think yeah. that's the same eli it's a different team and no like, this is yeah. a whole new eli he, yeah, he looks totally different, and that may end up being the case again. And just one more uh, point to prove about how you can't carry weight from one yep. championship to the next, you know. And obviously, time will tell. But you know, I think if anybody is to be worried about in regards to that, Eli is that person. So yeah, I agree. All right, you heard a little bit of Zacho on that audio. He was the first guest of the night, uh, TJ. Like I said, not the most super exciting Zacho interview because I had already heard almost all that on another show a week earlier. Yeah. Any idea what I'm talking about? Nope. Nope. No. no. Okay. No. Anyway, Zacho was on another show. Said most of what he said Monday night on the previous week. But, you know, hey, Steve can get those sloppy seconds. Uh, <laughs> but him being the Husky ambassador really does make sense, right? It I does. mean, that, like, that's Steve kind of talked about them mending the fence or whatever. And we're going to get to that audio in a minute. But, he is the perfect guy for that job. And I actually like Randy kind of joking about him being the Husky vintage ambassador. Yeah. That's not a bad idea either. But there is nobody better personality-wise. Like, Zacho is just, we've said a thousand times, absolutely gold as a human being. And uh, the perfect person you would want representing and being the ambassador for anything you own. Of our sport. I mean, yeah, I mean, it doesn't. if you owned a, a soap company, yep. like Zach Osborne, is the perfect ambassador. He's yeah. just that good of a person. But for Husky, man, I think like like he I could see him doing this for years to come and like moving on to the next stages of his career very smoothly. And it makes a lot of good sense with the transition because he actually won on the Husky. True. He you know what I mean? Like it's it, it just looks good. You come out of your career, go to that. He didn't go to some other brand because he's, you know, for whatever because he wrote it whenever he was on a PW. Or what you get what I'm saying, like yeah. oh, when he was a minis or whatever. He, it's a good transition, and it was a good way because it was almost like you said that there was bad blood, almost the way it kind of ended for him. So yeah, well, let's actually let's get in. Let's listen to that. 
five months ago on this very uh, pulp show, I'm yelling and screaming about Husqvarna not being able to offer you anything and, and you not being associated with the brand that you won these championships with. And and now you're back with the brand that you won all these championships with and you have number 16 on a works edition bike. And So I don't know what happened, but good job. Congratulations. Doing a little bit of racing, not at a not at a huge level. Um, some lower level off road racing, and um, nothing kind of really for results or whatever. Doing a couple of races in California, the the two stroke world championship that's coming up, and then the vet race and uh, such. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be really cool and uh, get to meet a new kind of group or demographic of people that um, are out there to race with and whatnot. So. I'm stoked. Okay, so hold on. Let's go backwards. So what happened to mend this bridge up? What 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 went on? Did they come to you? Did you rearrange some things on the deal? Did you agree to do something that you didn't initially want to? Like, what sort of happened to get you and Husqvarna, which, by the way, this is a great thing. You won championships for that brand. Uh, they're selling a bike with number 16 on it. So is, this is a great thing overall. But what happened to, to mend this bridge? Uh, they, you know, we just kind of, worked through the past couple months to really um figure out where a best fit i guess you would say and um it all just kind of came together in the end the main thing for me was feeling like i could uh be be beneficial to the brand i wasn't just like dead weight and somebody that they were paying to just do whatever marks uh so i I hate doing this but i have to give steve some credit i asked zach a similar question like you know what i think what i said was like uh we know there was a little bit of a problem with you and Husky. Things weren't going how you wanted, but it all worked out. Like, I didn't have the balls to be like, all right, come on, go back. No, no, you got to talk about this. And and Zach gave kind of a politically correct answer, but that's like Steve has the balls to ask questions where I'm afraid sometimes, like, a guy would be like, yeah, I, I'm not even going to talk to you again because I don't want to answer those questions. And Steve... Steve's more professional. It's so hard to even say that because of the way he is. But his answer, his question sometimes impressed me a little bit. <laughs> He's going to ask us to clip you saying that. That's fine. Know, if, I mean, he ever, if he ever gets wind of this. Yeah. Um, nobody listens to this show. Well, actually, I don't know. That's not true. <laughs> this show is starting to grow. I get more and more responses. But anyway, I, I mean, yeah. he does impress me with some of the – and we'll talk about it again with Nate, Nate Ramsey in a little bit. But – he asked questions that sometimes, as I said, I'm a little bit reluctant to ask or I don't think of. And with this one, I wasn't really willing to ask Zach that because I didn't think I'd get an answer. But he he at least asked it. Yeah. And and that, who knows how much of that comes down to you know time in the industry. Right. He's built a relationship with Zach o, over how many years? Like, who's to even say that he would ask that exact question, phrase that exact way? with someone else, you know, I think that relationship helped and, and not to say that Steve's afraid to ask anybody really anything. Cause I don't really think he is, but I think that definitely helps and makes it easier and obviously makes it a little easier for Zacho to answer that as sure. well. So yeah, yeah. Uh, who knows, you know, never know where you'll be in 10 years and what kind of relationships you'll have. And you'll probably have no problem asking questions like that. So I hope so. I mean, he, he, I've, you know, I give him props all the time. That's fine. And he is the bar, you know, that we, strive to be to get to you know even even with his i don't know his uh rants and the different things his hot takes sometimes or he, he gets out there a little bit with some of the things the way he re- responds to things his personality but when it comes to just his interview skills he, he's impressive i mean it just is uh so that was a really good topic with zacko 
And then he asked TJ, Steve, Steve asked uh, about Jason Anderson. Why is he so good this year? And Zach had a really great response. Uh, Jason Anderson, a guy you know well. I did not have him winning any races this year, Randy. I don't know if you did. What, what's your take on how, why Anderson's being uh, so good this year? Um, well, my take's a little different than most, probably just because uh, I saw Jason, you know, day in and day out, week in and week out um, for seven years. Mm-hmm. And I know Jason, Jason, what Jason's capable of, which is what he's doing now. The comfort that he had at Husky was almost bad for him because he he kind of knew um not how to play the field but he he was just too comfortable in his surroundings and i think that the the accountability that the husky thing or that the cali thing has brought him and just being around new people where he just has to go and do the job every single day you know just his personal life seems to have, have changed a lot too with getting married and everything, and um, we all know what a good home life can do for you, right? Oh, there we go. <laughs> they both seem rejuvenated or reinvigorated in some way, right? Anderson, they, they hasn't, seem... has, Anderson hasn't done this show, podcasts hmm. and stuff, like Zach said. That's odd. Yeah, TJ, uh, the Anderson thing. <laughs> yeah. No. Let's get to that in a second. But what I liked about this particular thing was Zach kind of called him out a little bit, like didn't yeah. throw him under the bus, was like, look, I've seen this, and I think he got a little comfortable. Well, it opened my eyes because I never saw it that way yeah. until he said that, and it kind of makes you think of a kid who lives at home and is kind of goofing off and then gets out on his own and has to step up and start paying his bills. <laughs> right? It's, I mean, I mean, I'm being honest, it kind of, it's kind of the way Zach put it in, in so many terms. He had to get out there and be like, oh, crap, I have to, you know, I don't have the freedom, you know, I have the more responsibility. I don't know. I liked it, though, yeah, because, again, another question that I didn't think to ask Zacho about, Jason Anderson marks. Mm-hmm. Like, I just – I was asking Zacho about Zacho, you know, and, and Jack Chambers, but I didn't even really – like, it didn't, for whatever reason, put it together to ask about, you know, working – riding with Jason and his thoughts on that. Like, that was a great question. Good job, Steve. But, anyway, Marks, go ahead. <laughs> it was. It was a great question. And, you know, I think it's easy to forget how close – together those you know Zacho and anderson were for for some time you know yeah. now that Jason, it seems like anderson's been on cowie forever now um but uh, to get that insight is always sweet and i, I Zacho's answer i think went above and beyond what he had to share yeah so i think so it too really, it was really good great great interview with zach uh i have to give him some credit i mean you know maybe eh, i don't know the, the anderson thing tj that i was throwing out was he also jason did do gypsy tales recently and Marks, you don't know this, but at Glendale, I was talking to Jason. I was trying to get Jason locked into doing this show because he's always really cool to me. We've talked off the record a few different times. We we spent some time together at a local track out here where he came out to do a ride day thing. And he's like, you know, I said, hey, man, Jason, I know you don't like doing podcasts, but I I said, would if you would be willing to do my show, like tell me. Yes or no, and I'll just stop asking. If you say no, I'm not going to do the podcast. I'm just going to stop asking you because it's it's annoying to you probably to me to ask you every couple of weeks. And if he's like, yeah, I'm not going to do it, then I'll just stop asking. He goes, man, I like you. We're cool, but I just don't like doing podcasts. I don't really want to do them. I was like, all right, cool, fair enough. And then now he does Gypsy Tales, and it's like, fuck. Which is interesting because I feel like that one's pretty – it's pretty intimate almost, right? Like a, yeah. a, just the style of it. Yes, it is. And it was like three hours. It like it's not a 15, 20 minute interview. It's three hours. But yeah. as we talk with Steve and his relationships, that guy, Jace, I think his name is Jace. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, Jace has mm-hmm. history 
with Jason. So Jason probably trusted him. And I think that's part of it. Jason doesn't, you know, I don't think he has trust. I think he trusts Steve. And people that have their be- his best interest. And, in, in, <laughs> you know, I don't think he trusts Steve. And maybe he doesn't trust me. I don't know. But, yeah, that was – so, yeah, I don't think Jason's going to do Pulp anytime soon. I think there's a better chance he would do this show – or our show – yeah. Then pulp, but um, that was that one butt hurt me a little bit. That would def that hurt more. <laughs> him doing Gypsy Tales hurt more than Nate Ramsey doing pulp before us. Oh, is that what we're getting to next? We're getting there. We're getting there. Okay. Hold your horses. <laughs> what we're going to get to next is uh, Tevin Tapia jumped on for a minute. Didn't pull any audio from that, but he is the uh, track manager now at Paris Raceway. And this Friday, they are having the Starcross Six press release. So the first hundred riders Friday morning ride for free. And you can check out the new Starcross Sixes, which apparently have 16% more traction new and 19% more traction worn. Ah. Not 17 and 20, not 15 and 25, 16 and 19. Hey. How the fuck do they come to those numbers, TJ? It's math. Well, yeah. I mean, I understand I'll that. I'll take that. I'll take, I'll take that, TJ. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fair enough. It's math. We'll go with that. 17% is math. <laughs> <laughs> it's not... No, it's not 17. What is the... Uh, God, there was, I forgot what you said already. Sorry. There was oh, and something about Mary. Yeah. Do you remember there no, was like I've never seen it. Have you ever seen there's something about Mary Marks? I have not seen the whole thing though. Shit. There was a scene where somebody I can't even remember it's been You're so long, but somebody was hitchhiking and this guy had an idea. This like murderer dude picks up a hitchhiker. She's one of the one of the main characters of the show. There he was, and it was uh, Ben Stiller. Anyway, this guy's like, I have this great idea for a new workout video. You know, there's. 10-minute abs or whatever the show is. He's like, what about nine-minute abs? I'm going to do nine-minute abs. <laughs> and then Ben Stiller's like, well, what about eight-minute minute abs? And the guy's That's like, funny. no, you can't do eight-minute abs. <laughs> it's nine-minute abs. Anyway, it's not 16%. Pretty- it's not 70%. It's 16%. That's it. That was gotcha. the worst. 16 and 19? I, I'm cutting all this out. I'm cutting yeah. this. The worst. Nah. You get clipped. I mean, who's going to do the wrap-up show then? Nick? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, whatever, Nick. I got I got a bone to pick with Nick from Moto Limited. Guts Racing. Why? What? Why? We'll talk. Hang on. Let's let's air, yeah. Let's air it out. Well, no. uh, first, Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company, offering high-performance seat covers of foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career. From Steve Lampson and McGrath in the 90s to Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, and many more. If it's style and performance you want, you come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. I don't have a legit issue with Nick, and he doesn't even know this, Marks, but um, I reached out to Christian today, and I said, hey, Steve asked me Monday night if I knew who you signed with, which was a ridiculous question. If he doesn't know, how would I know? But I said... Has he figured it out yet? Because if not, I'm going to tell him you told me, but it's embargoed, and I can't tell him. And that started a conversation. Then Paige texted me and was like, kind of giving me a couple hints. And I, Nick is a super Christian Craig fan, like the biggest super, uh-huh. super fan, and Paige knows this. And, I, and she's like, well, I can't tell you, but I can give you a couple hints. And I said, if I find out Nick fucking knows, I'm going to be mad. And she said, well, Nick doesn't know, but if he asked, I'd be obligated to tell him because he's a super fan. Oh. So that butt hurt me a little bit, too. So so you don't know? I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's embargoed. I don't know. 
<laughs> All right. You guys ready to move on? That that so yeah. yeah. We're, I hope Steve doesn't listen to this We're episode. Clippy, clippy for not talking. <laughs> He's going to hate this episode. Yeah. Uh, okay. I quickly want to get back to touching on, uh, touching on, touching on callers. Uh, a caller, <laughs> a caller had a suggestion for the Yamaha LCQ race, and that thing's coming up real soon. Like I can't do it. Like I just I can't. I, it's, I, I got a six minute race and everybody wants more. Like I, I get hit up every time I, I with ideas. But sweet Jesus, can we What's just your heart rate? can we What's just appreciate right the six minutes that they gave me? Gosh, like we can't we can't appreciate it. I get it's not Mike's fault. <laughs> Jesus, that was just a small clip of Steve's response to somebody making a suggestion. Marks, I mean that's all you needed. Yeah, <laughs> poor man. Oh, uh, he he was a little wound up. And I felt kind of, uh, I felt like he was going to have a heart attack. It, it's tough. Like on one hand, okay. First of all, on Slack, as he was doing this, I messaged him and said, you, I, I feel like you've maybe mentioned that it's a, you get a six minute race, like once, maybe twice. I don't, but I don't feel like that's super common knowledge. So I was like, so maybe cut some people, some slack. Like, Hey, I only have a six minute race. Like I can't do a whole lot of things with it. It's six minutes. Uh, but he didn't obviously mention that that anymore like oh hey maybe i didn't mention it enough but yeah. i have six minutes um you know and second like sometimes these callers it's that was that was a tough one for me when i was taking calls hmm. and it got to the point where i just i could tell what people were calling about when they were calling you know based on the discussion and i'm just like ah these these people just think their ideas are going to be so good and i just know how steve is going to react and even if it's a decent idea, Steve, I know how he's going to react. <laughs> right. You know, let alone if it's a dumb idea. So I mean, that idea know, it's, wasn't it's terrible if it was a longer race and you had more time. That one wasn't, though. No. But yeah. like the my my point on pulling that though was like Steve's like just appreciate the six minutes they gave me. Steve always is trying to get more. <laughs> yes, I understand his point. Like we're always. lucky to get this from Feld, but. He's always trying to push the limits of what he can get and taking credit for stuff. So how is he getting so wound up? I know. I know. That was that was a funny one to get so worked up over. But uh, yeah. I think I think it's only because he's gotten so many like he gets so many different emails and sure. DMs and stuff about about this race and people thinking they have these great ideas, <laughs> you know. So I think I think he just lost it. That was the straw that broke the camel's back that time. Yeah, well the his his voice pitch was what made it so funny so that was great and uh also when i called in we kind of mentioned that hannah ray who recently has helped out logan carnow she she got in touch with steve i'm gonna take credit for this because steve always takes credit for things he didn't do i got him her number so i'm taking credit for the idea that she's gonna give what was it a thousand dollars or fifteen hundred for the whole shot i think i think a thousand dollars yeah hundred percent you have her number that's just well, that's because she was on our show. Oh, I'm just saying, you got her number, you're messaging with Paige, you you got the inside track with all the riders and all the chicks in the industry. Well, you kind of that, that's how you get to the the riders. Yeah. If you get to their their wives and girlfriends, you can get to the riders. Yeah, but just knowing oh, you, boy. it's just it's just kind of creepy. Well, the Hannah thing was because she came on with Logan <laughs> on our show, so on the the Moto X Pod show. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, anyway, that's cool. Uh, I did actually, I kind of skipped over something with Zacho that I want to touch on. A YouTube listener, um, and I don't know if Steve saw this or if you sent it to him, Marks, but a YouTube listener asked Zach for his MXDN picks, and he, he went with Eli, the other 450 riders, kind of open. 
It'd be cool to drop somebody down, which he agreed with Steve on that, but he said, wait for Jay Coop, Justin Cooper. Those were pretty good picks, but the thing I really want to touch on was Steve saying, like, it's time for Roger to go. Zach would make a good team manager. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that way? Because I feel like he, I don't, yeah, he's he's been in the industry racing a long time, but he has no no uh, background in managing. Do you think, like, Oh, the MXDN manager, your first year retired as a racer. Well, I would say he has. He, I mean, he knows about traveling over overseas, so he help out. And what does what's the manager doing now? He's not over there like booking tickets and stuff like that. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I, like, I don't know. I would think I would think some of the logistics stuff is yeah. the team manager's job, and I don't know how much experience Zach had with that. That's a, like working with the riders, being like a you know, um, a coaches almost, where you like you're, you know like a. Mm-hmm. Well, you're, hey, let's talk about lines. Let's talk about prep, maybe. But like, I would think the team manager would have logistical things to deal with that I don't know that he has experience in. Maybe he does. Well, Steve, Steve knows more about what True. goes into like what Rogers actually in charge of and and who's in charge of what. So maybe he knows that that wouldn't be. I, I don't know. Like that's so that'd be a very well, interesting thing to bring up to Steve. I need to be able to say that that was a bad idea on Steve's part, not because Zacho's not a great person and couldn't do the job. I think he. I'm just saying, I think he would need some more experience in the management position before taking on Team MXDN for USA. So like put him in, but like Puerto Rico for a couple of years, like co-manager, Let's yeah, co-manager, or like put him in for Puerto Rico for a couple of years and sure. and get the logistics down. <laughs> I like that. But that's not a bad idea. A couple more callers I want to mention. TJ, you called in. You had a pretty good point. I hate saying that. Um, revisit what you said when you called in. Oh, I just believe that, like, he seems, Steve seems very excited and grateful and thankful for this race that they're giving him, the six minutes. But I think they did it because they were basically, like, being hostages. They were scared of the alternative. Because he <laughs> seriously, the stuff he was talking about doing would have been amazing. And it would have happened. I believe 100% he'd oh. have done it. Mark, what do you think about this theory? I don't. I don't remember what Steve was saying. He was he was saying stuff like he's going to put a bunch of money on like f- uh, fifth place in the LCQ. Uh, have Vince Freeze just roll up. Well, that was yeah, his well, right. Right. But Just like have have like have like all like twenty thousand dollars for fifth place in the LCQ, and so they're going to be guys out there like stopping on the track, trying <laughs> not to get like that would have been, and it would have been on live TV. And I think right. that why is that guy stopping? Yeah, exactly. Why the guy in eighth place killed the guy in ninth place? And hear Ricky go like, "Well, you know, maybe his bike is you know, <laughs> something like that." You know, but anyways, yeah. <laughs> I think I think what TJ's trying to say is some of the Steve's influence would have affected yeah. the outcome of the legit LCQ race on right, Saturday, yeah. based off the money. And maybe Feld didn't want that to happen, and that's not a bad theory. It's, it's a lot, not a bad theory. It's a lot better than some of your other theories. The other caller was Briston, who was friends with Randy's son, Creighton, and talked about Travis Pastrana coming to their school. And that's just cool, man. Like, you know, think about even kids that aren't into moto marks. A lot of kids have heard of Travis Pastrana probably. And to have this guy just show up, it's not like in an assembly. That's, he just, just showed up. Just that's, that's pretty cool. I just thought that was one of those stories that maybe you wouldn't hear about. Like, it wasn't nationally cover, uh, you know, covered. And just to hear that story from this kid, uh, Briston, that called in, uh, it just shows what kind of guy Travis is, and I thought that was really cool because we would never heard it. Yeah, I'm always down to hear Pastrana stories, but like that, <laughs> yeah, is, but that even, uh, is that even remotely surprising? No. Uh, no. You know, co- no, not at all. But, so, 
I just he's dug. a stand-up dude. There was just a lot of good calls though Monday night. Like we get some bad ones sometimes. There might have been a couple that weren't so great, but there was a lot of callers that called in and some YouTube comments that I thought were pretty damn good Monday night. Yeah, um, yeah. you just never yeah. know. I do. Uh, sorry to jump into our no, I ahead. do pay attention to the YouTube chat. Like Steve doesn't watch. The I know YouTube you chat. do. Yeah. He can't. Um, so if I see one that I think is decent, like that, other, I, not that I'm trying to take credit for. Oh, I saw that great question, so I sent it to Steve. But like I do that occasionally on YouTube and Facebook and Discord. Even uh, if I see a good question, you know, I'll shoot it over to Steve. He doesn't always read them, but you know, I am watching. I am yeah. trying to pay attention. I have a lot going on, but I do try to try to note those things because I think there's some good stuff out there. Yeah, we've talked to you when you've done these before. We've kind of asked about what you're dealing with during the show and whatnot. But that's something that. I don't know if I've asked you about it. like you're literally while you're doing all the things you're doing, the drops and everything you're, you're on Facebook, you're on YouTube, you're on discord. Like somehow you're paying attention to all three chats plus using uh, what's the thing called uh, slacker to communicate slack, slack to, I like slacker mm-hmm. better. I want to go slacker uh, <laughs> to communicate with the people within the studio. Like you, he's the opposite of me, TJ. Cause I, you know, I can't multitask. Yeah. I, I mean, that that's just what us producers do. It's just how it is. When was the last time you produced a show? The last time I was here for a show. No, I think the, like maybe when the show was at your house well, like three years ago. Look, I just I, I, uh, I taught you well. But, Marks, back to you, man. Funny. That's pretty impressive that you're able to keep up with all that. Um, it, it gets easier with practice. Like, at first, Modest. you know, when we were doing video stuff, I would have never been able to do all that I do now, but yeah. you know, I have a, I have my screen, I have an external screen, you know, so I have, uh, like different chats open on different screens and I just slot back between YouTube and Facebook. YouTube is much more active. So I stay there most of the time and occasionally jump onto the Facebook chat to see what's going on over there. It's that energy. And, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Disability. Island. Um, so, so yeah, it, it, it's just come with, with, practice you know and there are times where i don't have a lot going on you know i try to prep graphics you know for the next guest or if i'm doing stuff like that i try to stay ahead of those so i'm not scrambling to do them at the last minute right. so that makes it easier too speaking of something that i was just curious about and maybe some of the listeners how many like is there always somebody on hold like you, it's uh, sometimes, yeah there's what five or six lines well, right i knew that but i just didn't know if it was sometimes it's like yeah sometimes the show there's no callers later at night i'd bet it dies down a little bit yeah that's what i was gonna ask yeah there are and then there are, are there people night, so are there people on hold when the show ends and you have to tell them <laughs> hey guy man sorry you missed out uh there sometimes are people on hold when the show ends and we just leave them <laughs> we don't we don't we don't even get on and say sorry hey, we're, we're not gonna get to you we just leave them dude i don't know how many people i've seen on youtube tj i'm about to meet your mic over there dude i don't know how many people i see got, on youtube that, that are like TJ. i've been on hold for three and a half hours i'm like man how awful uh, like, what about the guy a couple weeks ago like so just i can't remember his name and i won't blow him out but he was on the YouTube chat, like, oh, I've been on hold for two and a half hours, yeah, yeah, blah, remember. blah, blah. Yeah. And then I I messaged him. I said, hey, what's your name? So I can, you know, his YouTube name was different. I said, what's your name? And he sent me his name. I looked up on Slack which line he was, and I, I sent, hey, like, this guy, just a reminder, it had gotten lost in the chat. So I said, hey, just a reminder, this person's on this line. They have a question about this. And then he asked for something. He was like, oh, um, yeah. 
he was like, does staying on hold for two and a half hours get me anything, like win me something? Yeah. And like the YouTube chat went from everyone cheering him on <laughs> to, yep. to everyone like, F this guy, dude. Like, That's I can't awesome. believe you did that. And then he never returned to the YouTube chat. I like, yep. never heard from him again. I remember like, that. Yeah, that was, yeah, that's brutal, man. You, got, you can't so, ask for stuff. No, I, it's funny. No, like, I think it's funny if I try to ask for stuff because I'm not eligible, but uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I I think we need to adopt a, if you ask, you're absolutely getting nothing. Okay. I, I, mean, like I don't hate that. I, I kind of felt bad for the guy that was handicapped and was wanting tickets a few weeks ago. Yeah. Like, if the guy was legitimate and he was trying to do something for his kids, like that, I was okay with that one. And if it's local tickets. That one I'm okay with, too. Yeah. Well, and, and not even that. If it's, like, tickets to Dallas, you know what I mean? Like, hey, speak up. Hey, I'm from Dallas, you know, if you still got I could I could see that. or Yeah. But because not everybody's going to be able to use that. Something right. else I was about to ask Talon or um, sorry, oh, Marks, yeah. not Talon. Marks about show background stuff, but uh, maybe I'll remember it in a minute. Let's talk about and show five hundred. On hold, and I am so congested. Show five hundred <laughs> was finally announced. Daniel Blair, Jason Thomas, Ricky Carmichael, Jeremy McGrath, and Darkside. <laughs> I, I, well, I guess what? You, did you miss that? I, I did miss that last part. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's what I heard. Well, that's why I'm doing this show to see if I can get invited. No, not that one. <laughs> you can you can uh you can show up for like the Fly Moto sixty show on a Thursday. That'd be great. <laughs> He's like, I'll take what I can get. Yeah, right. Uh Travis, dude, like I, I Steve asked me if I knew if he had told me and I never people were asking me for weeks and weeks and I was like, I don't even want to ask because I, I kinda want the surprise. And right. you know, honestly it's about what I, I figured. The only one I wasn't sure about was McGrath or Reed. That's kind of where I was going. But this is a good lineup. This 500, TJ, like, they may not even talk about the race. I think that's the week of St. Louis. St. Louis, yeah. Yeah, like, that race may not get talked about. I hope the race is like a barn burner, so it's like they have to talk about it. Oh, my God. I would like to hear their sides of things. The only thing that worries me about this, really, about 500, is I'm on call of my day job that week which makes it really hard to do podcasts. And I can see this fucking show going like seven hours. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to cover the first three hours and that's it. Have they said like, obviously not everybody's going to be in all at once. Yeah. Like there's not, there's not enough like Mike's is he's going to, he said, I think he's talked about moving cameras and stuff. Oh yeah. So, so I think, I I don't remember if it was this show, but Mark's had talked about taking the camera off him and using that. Yeah. I, I think I'll, I'll definitely take the one off of either myself or uh, or Talon, probably myself because I'm on the least. I really only need to be on for X brands, and that's not super important. Like, it, yeah. it's you might not do much that. more important yeah. to have good angles on everybody in studio. So we're going to prioritize that for sure. How many mics can you run on your studio? Um, I think four. I thought he had more inputs than that for mics. Yeah, that, I just don't know if he has that many mic headsets. To be honest. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because you're gonna have, well, you're gonna have four guests plus well, five, yeah, him, and then the two of you. Yeah. Well, I, I know he has the inputs. It's just got to be like a, a mic headset. Deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like he's had four people in there before. I think so too. I think yeah. so too. Yeah. So I think we're good. I'm sure he's board. thought of it. But. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that, it's going to be good, man. I, I mean, I'm excited about it. Uh, I think, I think McGrath and RC are just the, the stories and the, the, 
again, McGrath being the coolest dude on planet Earth is it's just going to be good. And JT and DB might not get a lot of t- a talk time. I don't I don't know. I I'm really excited about it. I think this is going to be my favorite of the century shows. It's it's interesting because I've already seen some comments about people not like super excited about it, and I'm really? sure that would happen no matter what. Yeah. No, no matter okay. who it is. I wonder but, who those um, people wanted then. Right. Yeah. It makes me wonder, like, are those the people that enjoyed, like, drunk RV and Weimer oh, or, yeah. you know, didn't enjoy? I think I think some of the concern is people are just worried that they're going to be a little reserved and PC still. Yeah, that's what I would say. You know, is that- I don't think McGrath will be so much. Well, and then I think, I think RC will loosen up. They both have corporate style jobs so they can't be they can't be like well i, Poto, I like, don't think mcgrath's gonna be talking about havasu and all the the chicks but the race stuff i think they'll be pretty open about i think that's what steve wants he may ask hmm. well Dude, and i think uh yeah, I make the call i'm in. pretty sure he's i'm pretty sure he said on there but he's gonna have uh skip drop by oh uh, okay i don't i didn't hear that so, so i don't think he said it oh uh, well well, he's got some time. Uh, spoiler, to... spoiler alert! Um, <laughs> but I think, I think having Skip there, you know, imagine the stories with Skip and MC. Oh yeah. man, and dude, if they could get like, oh, we need to get Go- we get Goose to call in, and then get Emig to call in. Yeah. Wow. Here's yeah. the thing: I, there's this... a, there's a lot of potential. Yeah, yeah. I'm say this is exactly what I say. The show can be amazing, or it could just be another show. I don't, right. I don't see that. Really? Well, yeah. I mean, it could be. Yes. I I would say I'm gonna go like 95. percent It's it's a barn burner. I'm a huge Carmichael fan, so yeah. I'm I'm game. I I can't wait to I'm like I I gotta prepare for my call that night. It has to be on point. <laughs> Such a retard, dude. Okay. It's gotta be good. <laughs> 500. It's gonna kill. It's gonna be good. You want to talk about Nathan Ramsey, TJ? I like talked about how I tried to get him on the Moto X Pod show. I tell you real quick, real story. But this it was, is about it started in Glendale. It started in Glendale. I sat down and we're talking. Doc and me are sitting there talking to him, and I did. He looks so different now yeah. in person. Like he, like I did not recognize who he was. <laughs> like, and then, and I was talking to him, and I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, I'm the manager. He has his shirt on, and I'm like, he's like, yeah, Nate. And I'm like, and then it started clicking. It started. I've been talking to him for like 30 minutes during practice. We just had this long <laughs> conversations, and I'm like, Nate Ramsey. And he's like, "Yep," and I'm like, "You don't even look the same." Like, it, like literally, he has got this little mustache and the glasses, and he looks all yeah. professional. Anyways, um, so I got his information. Gonna have him on the show, and then Darkside dropped the ball. I knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I kept texting him, and every week he's like, "Man, I got I got meetings this week. Let can we do it next week?" And then like, "Well, all right, yeah." So the next week, he's like, man, I got this, and let's let's push it. And then, and the worst he, part he, is he may have been the best call. He was pretty good. Yeah, he was really good on the show. Like, he was, he pretty was good. really good. Yeah, I was, I, was, I was a little disappointed that we didn't get him. But, again, as we like I said in mm-hmm. my call, right, Steve has this history with Nate. So that's going to make the, the interview better. Way better. They have stories that I have no idea about, yeah. things I can't relate to. I hate the way you move my mic, TJ. I hate it. Yeah. Um, but uh, I keep bumping it. But it was good. Yeah, it was really good. But the whole time I'm like, oh, man, God. you know, yeah. I, I told Steve I wasn't butthurt, but I was disappointed. And it, it kind of it bummed me out. But it was it was a good interview. I haven't heard him on the show in a long time. 
Mark. So having him come on, talk about, you know, working with amateurs and moving into the, the professional team manager position. There was some good stuff. And uh, he had a really good story that we're going to play in a second. But what did you think of Nate? Yeah, it, it it was really good. And it's interesting because a lot of times we get these guys on that are talkers. And, you know, there will be 10-minute spans where there's no break and it's just these guys talking. Chiz. And Nate was one of those. Yeah, Chiz is another one. Um, Three questions is all you I, need for Chiz. Three questions. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes that can get a little stale to me. Mm, true. But I, di- I didn't find that with, with Nate, I don't think. I think it's because he hasn't been on the show, so you haven't heard all the stories. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't know exactly why, but yeah, the stuff he was talking about was still interesting to me and didn't seem boring. Yeah. It was, you know, I still have a tendency to to zone out a little bit if I'm hearing the same voice. Yeah. For too long in a row, but um, man, it, it was just really good overall, and it was cool to have him on. But there were some really good questions, and Nate had good responses. It wasn't like cookie-cutter PC stuff. I mean, he talked about, uh, you know, the, the question about who who would you – how would you handle a guy like Justin Barsha or Jason Anderson? Yeah. Like, that was a really good question for a team manager that mm-hmm. doesn't have a guy like that. And he had to be somewhat corporate, like, ah, oh, you got you know, got to find a good balance. But you, you know that in his position, that's a tough question, right? We need to win. Mm-hmm. We need to be we, – we don't need disqualifications and points losses, but – I also need you to be you. So that was a really good question for him. Uh, I, I really, being a Joshua Varese guy, I really liked him bringing up Josh. So, the, I mean, there was good topics, Marks, that weren't your normal questions. They weren't your normal, uh, you know, what we get every week. And like, how how's the bike? How's it working, you know, with the suspension? How's this guy as a tester? There was really good information, really good stories. And Nate was all in, you know, and maybe you're right, TJ. Maybe it's because we don't hear from him all the time. It was something new. Uh, but the Mitch story, that was a good one. Here we go. How about those running shoes yeah. Mitch sent you? Right? And, That's a great and, story. And if, and if I remember the yeah. story correctly, like you were pumped. You're like, cool, I got some new shoes, yeah. right? Is that how it went on yeah. your end? Yeah. Everyone else was all pissed, and they wanted to like fight him over it. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm like a shoe whore, right? So I'm like, yeah, I, got some, I got some brand new Nikes. I, yeah. Why are you guys so mad? Right. But, yeah, oh. Nick, Nick burned his, he said. He oh. took them out back and burned them. So Mitch bought those for us, yep. and he had a note in the box that said, "Hey, um, something along the lines of like, here's here's uh, a set of running shoes. <laughs> this might, you know, put these to use. This might help with your program." And that was it. That's why it right. made everyone mad, right? Right. right. I was leading Redbud National. Well, this happened to me a lot back in the split fire days, but <laughs> I'm leading the Redbud National. I had a pretty good lead, and you know, I was never known for leading outdoor <laughs> the the motocross stuff you know so this was a big deal right yeah. i'm yeah. gonna get my first moto win here and my spark blood tip broke which i used to literally weekly go to Glen helen and finish motos with my tip broken because it would do it like so often okay so after that race i got a box and I packed up an NGK spark plug, and I wrote Mitch a little note. Here's a little something that just might help your program. No way. Really? I swear. Oh, my God. That is so good. Dude, that's ballsy. Yeah. <laughs> TJ, that's great on a lot of levels. Like Most people are kind of scared of Mitch. Yeah. But second, just the fact that that's a story even Steve didn't know. Oh, it's great. So, Pulp and Mix, you know, breaking ground with new stories. That, yes. I mean, fantastic. I, I was laughing. Like I, I forgot all about split fire spark plugs to begin with, so yep. it was like it kind of brought back those 
those memories, maybe kind of think back to those times and imagine him out there breaking these spark plugs all the time and uh, can only imagine what Mitch's response was. Well, isn't that why we love Pulp? Because, like, we've all heard the running shoes deal because of Pulp. Sure. It's been for years and years, and now it's just got another avenue, another, you know, uh, what do you call it, like, like more to more it. legend, yeah, more legend to the story. It's even better, <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, it's why we love pulp. Absolutely, uh, the stories, the stories, uh, the background stories that we never hear, Mark. That really is uh, kind of the, the interviews are great. You know, the jokes are great, but these stories that you'll never hear probably on any other platform, unless somebody actually writes a book. Uh, that that's my favorite part of pulp. Yeah, some of these old timer stories are, are <laughs> old timers are the best. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> like F-U, F-U guys that are retired, um, you know, not that, not the current racers because they don't have these stories to tell always. Yeah, you know, uh, and if they do, they're not willing to tell them until they're retired. So it's easier for the guys that that are no longer racing to tell these stories. But yeah, stuff like stuff like that. I know NYK always has some really good stories, but those are those are some of the benefits of the show for me, honestly. Absolutely. All right, we got to start running through this because we've only got marks for about another twenty five minutes. And he's just gonna. The, it's like the, the show twenty four hours. At mid, like at midnight, he's gonna turn back into a frog or whatever. Uh, <laughs> for twenty two years, Steel Savers has offered the ultimate protection to the off road industry. Steel Savers is the first and original fork seal protection to protect your forks from dirt, dust, rock, sand, and even mud. Steel Savers will always continue to innovate and improve, which is what led to the development of the easy to install zip on Steel Savers. Not only do they have a full line of products for your motorcycle. Seal Savers has essential products that are crucial to the performance of your side-by-side and your mountain bike that you say you don't ride, TJ. Well, actually, I have your old mountain bike. Mm-hmm. Seal Savers is the ultimate protection. Enter the code PULP25 for 25% off at sealsavers.com. So, Marks, uh, if you don't want to have to change, you don't want to have to have Talon change your seals on your 06 Honda, get you some Seal Savers, man. You never have to change them again. Noted. 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 Uh, Brandon Hartraff, TJ. Uh, pretty good interview. I, I, I like Brandon a lot. The responses I was seeing were like, ah, oh, he's kind of boring. And he is one of those guys, if you don't know him, he seems like, he almost seems like he doesn't have a lot of personality. He does. But he really does. And I fed him pretty funny Monday night. He, he had some good stories. His opening ceremonies. I did a wheelie and that was enough. Yeah. Like, you know, no way am I doing a transfer. What do you think of Brandon? Because I think, I think the kid has more personality, and people realize maybe he's just not super comfortable. Well, so we know him personally, and so I've got to talk with him and hang out with him, and he's actually really cool to hang out with. It is cool to see how um, Steve and them get the best out of him, like because you've heard everybody's heard him, and everybody's just weekly interviews, and he's very dry, he's very monotone sounding. Um, which even in like just sitting around talking to him, he yeah, has, that's how he talks. Yeah, his but, cadence. but he's hilarious if you know him, and it was nice to hear good stories and getting him to open up about that. That was cool. Yeah, T, uh, Marks, I want to get your thoughts on too. But like like I mentioned, right the the open ceremonies discussion, talking about how Chiz annoys him, mm-hmm. and even his response about Justin Bogle, which I'm going to play that in a minute. I felt like brought out some personality. What do you feel when you hear him on the show, uh, Marks? What do you feel about Brandon? Like, do you do you send? Do you kind of feel like uh, he's a little boring, or or no? I I did. Uh, I okay. definitely did, and I I was a little. Uh, I'll be honest. I was a little meh about having him on. Yeah, because I know how he's been in the past, and and I know how people respond to him. 
But I do think if people don't give him a chance for this one, they're doing him a disservice because he did open up a little bit. So mm-hmm. it was definitely, I think, his best interview on our show, at least um, so far. You know, getting him to chuckle a little bit, getting yeah. him to tell some stories, you know. It's not something that you get a lot from him, and I think it was—I think it was his best one, his best one yet. I so. actually agree with that. Right, let's listen to what he had to say about uh, t- his teammate Justin Bogle. How are you and Bogle get along? How, obviously, look, he is a naturally talented guy. You and him are quite different. Uh, you're more of a workhorse. You're more powering through stuff. Bogle's finesse guy. How do you guys uh, get along? And and again, like I said at the top, it's a nice rivalry to have between teammates pushing each other. He's, he's- for sure, like one of the best teammates I've ever had. He's one that is one goofy man right there. But uh, every dude, every freaking like it, he never turns it off. Like that's just how he is. Like right. he's just one goofy dude. As a teammate, very awesome to work with. Like he's so um, want he's wanting me to do the best I can, and like there's times where he's always trying to help me. And he has obviously a shitload more experience to me, so. He for sure can help me more than I could probably help him, but we're wanting to do, like, if he beats me, he's been beating me the last few rounds, mm-hmm. and, like, dude, I literally, we give each other a hug and, like, congratulate each other, you know what I'm saying? Nice. So, Seven Deuce Deuce, I mean, he's coming back for St. Louis. Dude, literally, <laughs> those two up there are, like, spitting bars and rapping, and I'm just sitting in the corner, like, what do I do with my hands, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> what, what do I do? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, TJ, that, that was good, man. That, that, I love that the teammate thing is so good with Bogle. And again, we kind of touched on just a minute ago. He opened up. He's giggling throughout that that whole thing, and like, yeah, what do I do with my hands? Like, yeah, just that alone. He he wasn't like, yeah, they're out there rapping. It's annoying. He's like, he's he just he sounds dry, but he's not. But he's not. Yeah. And I think I feel like Mark's TJ or uh, that Steve actually did bring a little bit of that out. And again, what you just said. If people listen, if they don't listen, it's a disservice. I hope that that changed some people's per- uh, thoughts on him. Yeah, and and I think it kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier about Steve's interview style and and the questions that he asks. He knows I think how to get not not always because we've had Brandon on and it hasn't always worked out this way, but I think he does know and tries really hard to get these guys to open up and and loosen up a little bit and I think it really really worked this time. So uh, it was really good. Yeah, and most of the time we we say this on a lot of shows, it's the relationship between Steve and those guys. If they're comfortable with them, as friends, basically, it's a lot easier to come on here and joke and open up and bust balls. And you know, if, if it if Jason Anderson did come on Pulp Mix, let's say Kawasaki forced him to come on Pulp Mix, it's gonna be a shitty interview. Yeah, it's not gonna be good. There's no relationship. There's no trust. But when Steve has these relationships, like with Will Hahn in studio the other night, or when he does the review show with Weege and JT, that's why that show, in my opinion, is the best show they do because of the relationship between those guys, and it's not work. It's them bench racing on a microphone and just being buddies, and the best interviews are those interviews where those guys feel like they're they're friends to a degree with Steve, uh, and, and I think Brandon is getting more comfortable doing that stuff, so uh, it's only going to get better, I'm sure. A couple more things. The Racetech rant, Pulp Code 22 to save at Racetech. Let's listen to the rant a little bit, and we'll briefly discuss it. I was a 20-year customer of Hertz rental cars and did me well over the years, uh, no problems, you know, whatever. It's a rental car, right, Mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. I left Hertz. JT, should have got him on the line, Mm -hmm. 
I love Avis. Come to Avis. They're great. Okay, no problem. Get started with Avis. Uh, started last summer during the Nationals. Somewhere along the line, I decide to start looking at my receipts yeah. at Avis. Never really looked at them before. I mean, That'd be nice to have that kind of money. And there's a sixteen ninety nine fuel charge on there. Okay? I return the car full. Yep. I'm like, huh, that's weird. I look, like week six of Supercross, I'm like, holy shit. I call I call Avis and they're like, Yeah, there's nothing there's nothing you can do. This is now the third time I've talked to Avis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sir, uh, anytime you drive under seventy five miles, there's a charge for the fuel because we assume you're not gonna put fuel in. Fill it up, put the receipt on the dash, walk away. Those fuckers charge me again. (laughs) I said, That is complete bullshit. You're stealing money. Fuck you, Avis. Avis can go fuck themselves just like Hertz. Uh, Marks, I, this was actually the most, maybe one of the most legit rants. Like, okay, you actually have a case here. I think he, he even said he was going to file a no class action, uh, no class action lawsuit, as uh, Randy put it. But like, this was a pretty legit rant. But entertainment wise. I wish he had raised his voice a little bit more, got a little more hyper, as we've heard, but that's kind of fucked up. I got to check, start checking my receipts, Marks. It's it's pretty silly, and I think the fact that he didn't raise his voice more only solidifies how mad he was. Ah, good point. You, you know what I mean? Like, I think there's levels where, like, he raises his voice, it's like a two, but when he's just, like, kind of loud but deep, like, that's a three. He's even more mad. And I think that's where he was with this one. Like, he was just so pissed off that he didn't even have the energy to actually raise his voice any more than he was. Yeah, TJ, it makes me realize I need to start looking at my rental. Well, And I mean, nobody's going to get over sixteen ninety nine on you because you're like we. I was about to say, since I'm the one that we do the books for the show, um, I'm kind of perturbed that you weren't looking at the receipts, but we'll move on from that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hell no, I just pass them over to you. So anyhow, um, yeah, it was uh, whatever. Like first world problems, like <laughs> that's it. Like, come that's on, you got? like there's so many other things. It's, it's, it's like like as on, cheap as you are. No, I was seven, seventeen I, bucks oh, every week. Yeah, but it's self inflicted. He should have been checking. Okay, wow, marks. The point. The point I think is that you shouldn't have to check. You shouldn't have to like, check. That fact, is the point. And customer the, service these days sucks. Is also yeah, part of the point. But I think the fact we that get they it, just do this and like how much money are they making off of people that don't check? Like yeah, he said point. that. Oh, yeah, I, I have a couple more things to say about this, but I think we just solidified marks that TJ will never be in studio. <laughs> no, no, no I, I, he has a right to be upset. Way to go, oh, TJ. Backtrack. It's just waffle, like, like waffle, now, waffle. now it's my favorite rant ever. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but no, seriously, it's like one of those things. I guess because I'm so anal retentive about receipts and keeping up with every expense and all that doing the stuff. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have let it slip, but I also don't live Dude, in a mansion. I don't, or with high ceilings. I wanted to make a joke, Mark, so bad on YouTube when he announced Ricky. I wanted to say, like, oh, my God, how tall do you think he thinks those ceilings are? Holy crap. <laughs> but I decided not to because I was like, oh, that's going to. That, uh, yeah. That's not like Ricky would have seen it. He might if somebody's. Figures out a way to get it to yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. I, I know how yeah. people are in, in the pulp empire. Well, it, it's a good one, so bravo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, a couple more things. Uh, let's do a motorsport read real quick. Get to my – missed my spot here. 
Those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motorsport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at Motorsport.com. Guys, don't forget to use that Motorsport widget on the Pulpamex websites. Use that to get over to your purchases, and uh, Steve gets a little more money. And maybe some of that will trickle down to this show eventually. Last piece of audio. The question was, showdown coming up. Who you got, Jet or Christian Craig? We're coming up to a showdown. we got the Jet and we got the Craig. Who I do already you said like? that, Steve. That's a tough one, man. Uh, big uh, Christian fan. I'm yep. a big Christian uh, I hate that he takes so much flack for being in the 250 class. But Jet, dude, Jet's next level. And, and what I see of Jet during the week compared to what I see of Jet at the races. Um, he's just playing on the weekends, to be honest with you. Like, yeah. dude, dude's pretty fast. It all depends on the start. I think Atlanta kind of favors Jet a little bit more loose, open style. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm going to have to go Jet there. In my opinion, we have seen people like Jet, and we've also seen people like Jet not fulfill anywhere near – what we thought they would when they were on smaller bikes. Jet is the first rider who I've seen in a, in my life, and he's not he's not Stu by any means. Don't get me wrong there, but but like uh, Stu, yes, made me wonder. Wow, is he as good as Stu? Which, like I said, he's I don't think he is. He's an insane talent, but he's the first person who made me have that thought. You know what I mean? Like it just hasn't occurred to me before yeah. Jet. Yeah, yeah. See, there's so many things that have to fall in place to win a race, let alone win a championship, and then you know, all the championships that he would need to win to be, you know, a solidified 450 guy. I really hope that he stays stays down. If I were in control of that situation, I would I would keep him down one more year. But um, And maybe do outdoors in the 450 class first. But I think he's in a good spot no matter what. All right, Marks, two things within that audio. First, who you got in the showdown? And then second, did you, did you raise your eyebrows a little bit when – Zacho said he's the first person that made me kind of think about Stu or Stu-like. Um, I think I'm going to go with Craig, and I don't really have any reasoning behind that. I think, I think just uh, overall, I think he would have a little bit of an advantage. But I wouldn't be surprised either way, so hard waffle on that. Okay. Um, let's see. As far as the Stu thing, honestly, I don't – I've never – it gets brought up a lot, right? Like the JT yeah. and they've all brought it up, but I've never, I've just never really thought about it as much as it's been brought up. I've never even like weighed my own opinion on it. Um, so, but to hear that from Zach again, I think we will all, I'll take Zach's opinion pretty, pretty seriously. I think he's very smart and what he says. So I think that holds some weight for him to say, yeah, this is the first guy since to, you know, that reminds me of Stu a little bit. I think I think you have to take that a little bit seriously. I do too. Yeah, it surprised me a little bit when I heard it, and I was kind of like, ah, and that's that's a little far fetched. And then I, when I was listening to it back, and I started sort of really thinking about how he was saying it, like I'm not saying he's Stu. I'm not saying he's as good as Stu, but he makes me think of Stu. I can see that at times, so I don't think that's totally off base. Like I think, right, yeah, some very think, clever wording. There. Yeah, I think James, what at that time was by far the best guy, and I don't know that Jet is always by far the best guy. 
uh, you know, with with and taking everybody in the 250 class. Uh, I'm not sure that I'm going to go there yet, but I will pick. I'm picking Christian to win, and you said you didn't really have a, a set reason. I think kind of like at, like at Hangtown Town when Jet was ready to win the championship and he had all those crashes, like kind of feel like oh, he's a kid. He might be a little overexcited. He might be a little overexcited to prove himself against Christian, and Christian's the vet that he is. He's just going to get out and ride his race. So I'm going to go with Christian. What do you got, JT? TJ, whatever your name is. Yeah. Um, I I would have to go with Christian. And so far it's as, unanimous yeah, here. Yes, I just think so. I just, I mean, he's... And then with Jet, it's because it starts and... and all the fast guys are going to be there, so it's not going to be as easy to get through the pack, blah, blah, whatever. But as far as what, I, I'm going to have to disagree with the Stu with, with the Stu thing. Stu was on at 100% all the time. There never was. He was fast during, uh, during the week, but was reserved during the weekend, like during the races. So, yeah. I, but that I, could be better for him in no, the no, long run. No, better for him. No, no, yeah. I think it's probably better. Okay. But that's... I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's, it's not a negative saying yeah, yeah. he's not like Stu. That, that's probably more of a positive in that way that he's not like Stu, so... Right. Yep, I just... Yeah. Okay. All right, cool. Three more things. Uh, the ponytail was in the coffin case. Randy was creeped out by it. But Randy's... I don't know. You don't spend a ton of time on Instagram, TJ. Mm-hmm. Did you see the stories? Mm-hmm. Randy took the ponytail... I'm sure you saw him, right, Marks? I did, yes, and it's glorious. He Incredible. took him for a night out of the town in Vegas. He took it on the strip. He took it to a concert. What? He took it all over the place, took it to a casino. That's so great. It was everywhere. It was on stage with his band playing. Uh, I, I can't even remember. He, I woke up to like nine stories from Randy, and then he did more today when he was traveling back to California. <laughs> The ponytail has been all across, well, from Vegas to, to L.A. and has seen concerts, casinos. Uh, he had it out like where there was like a street performer doing something. He had it out on the on the street while they were performing. Randy is a fucking nut. Awesome. But, I mean, I could just imagine I don't even know how to. The uh, camera roll at the end of Hangover movie. Oh, yeah, where they show like the, the, the extra footage. Yeah, the footage. extra footage. That's yes. exactly what I'm picturing. Yes. But Mark's the 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 joke about like lightning striking it and it coming to life like that reminded me of some nightmare <laughs> Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that was that was gold. The, the Randy's just gold. Uh, the thing with Randy is like he comes up with this stuff, and then the <laughs> he, difference he is he's not it. scared to do it. Yes, yeah, like, yes. Imagine imagine Randy. He goes to some random place in vegas on monday night after the show by himself like no one's with him <laughs> he takes the pony himself. and he freaking you know gets these guys to put the pony up on stage and do a tribute song to it like what yeah i never listened to any of the audio so i didn't hear any of that so i don't i, I gotta go back there's some of them on my page yeah if you guys haven't you gotta go look at uh and not just for YouTube, but FMIP two 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 on Instagram. You got to go watch this. Oh. At least the the post that he made about it with the band. Right. Yeah, I got to check that out. Uh, the other thing, this is a big one. So TJ, you're listening. You're not watching. There's a moment in the show where Randy rattles his water jug, and Steve says something to him, like that's loud, or whatever. Do you remember that? Mm, sure. Okay. Yeah, I, I remember hearing him drinking. So Steve says something about like that's. You know, hey, it's loud. Like you're making a bunch of noise. 
So Randy puts it down, and he picks up the Bradshaw bottle of water, and he drinks it. And I am fucking coming unglued, like, oh, my God, Steve's going to kill him. And Steve just looks at him like, uh, 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 and he kind of grins a little bit. Like, I'm thinking he's going <laughs> to lose his mind. And he was actually pretty calm and just like, okay. Well, Mark, you were in studio, didn't Hang you? Hang on, let me finish. Oh, okay. Because there's more to the story. So he's just like, yeah, he, he drinks it. And Steve just like, all right, it's just water, I guess. Later, like 10 minutes later, he's still drinking the water. So before we tell you the rest of the story, which you should know if you listen to the whole damn show. I don't remember this Okay, that's fine. Where were you at, Mark? Do you know this is what's going on? Do you know the outcome of this? And if not. I did. Okay, so you weren't surprised. Were you surprised that Steve reacted how he reacted as calm as he did? I was a little bit. I didn't really know what to expect, but the fact that he, like he, it was almost just a, a state of disbelief at first. Yes, and then was like worried. You could, I, I think he was worried about how long the water had been in there, and it was going to make him sick or something. And then he just like started laughing a little bit. Yep. Like I don't, I don't think he really knew how to respond. To be honest, yeah, that's kind of what I gathered. But he was more okay with it than I thought he was. And then I texted Agreed. Steve like a few minutes later because they dropped it. I was like, hey. You didn't say what he did. Like you, nobody that's listening in post has any idea what's going on right now. Yeah, you got to say something. And he didn't. And then at the end of the show, Randy's like, "I thought you were going to be more upset by me drinking that water." And he pulls the real bottle out. He oh. had made fake labels, <laughs> so he went to all you know, setting up one of his jokes. And Steve was like, "I knew you were going to do something tonight," but like, I was still like, I was. I texted Randy. I was like, I cannot believe like he, I thought he was going to kill you. Yeah. So that was, yeah. But for people that don't watch, now it that was sort of a ruined play. moment. Gotcha. Because yeah. they missed it. Yeah. But anyway, last question, Marks, before I uh, call it. The jokes about the app coming out on Friday. Like I know you probably after a while it annoys you. Realistically, when do you think this app's going to be ready um like a I year don't, I don't six know. months no 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 it, it's got to be before then because the app just straight up doesn't work on android so i gotta get something usable out to them at least yeah you know um i i do have i do have it to where it plays audio like it'll populate the feeds it'll play audio back um, there's just some bugs about like where it, it, it keeping where you're at in a show when you close ah. the app stuff yeah, like that yeah. Like it makes start. And then over. I'm going to get it. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm going to get it out to testers. I haven't worked on it in the last couple of weeks, but I, I have periodically. Um, it's just like it's little things keep coming up that take my time away from it. Like this week, I've got to get to a bunch of emails from. Well, I don't know if people know, but we had like ten minutes of downtime on fantasy on Saturday. Oh, no, and I, I have a. T- I have a ton of emails about that and people's teams. So now obviously that takes priority over the app and that's yeah. probably a few hours of time that I won't get to work on the app. So, uh, it won't be a, it won't be a year. It won't be six months, but it'll, it'll be at least a, probably a couple before it's out fully tested and, and flushed out and everything. So do you have a, but, can, you, uh, can you tell how many actual users you have? Not people downloaded it, but people who actually listen on the app. Right. Uh, yeah, I do. I haven't looked in a long time. But, but is it uh, worth it? 
Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. people like having the drops handy and the the whole archive there, and you can search Nick I, Way and I pull up the all the shows years and years back when it was new. Yeah, and I was like, well, that was a waste of a dollar or whatever it was. <laughs> I got it for free. <laughs> I got the beta. I'll, I'll, set, I'll Venmo you a dollar. <laughs> I, I got the beta. I got the beta version, so I still have that. And then he just upgraded it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's it's trust me. No one wants that thing out more than <laughs> yes. I do. So he'll or, stop, or maybe stop my wife, talking about know? it every Friday. Yeah, every Monday about Friday. Yeah, it's it's frustrating for I sure. Bet. And a long time ago, I asked Steve not to not to mention it. You know, and uh, that made it worse. It, obviously, wow. obviously he does. So that's why I started making a joke like, oh, every time you mention it, I'm going to mention your your cubic footage. And I, <laughs> yeah, obviously. Haven't kept up with that, but I'll probably bring it back. Tell him you lost so. the app in his giant house. <laughs> right, exactly. It floated up to exactly. your ceiling. It's the cloud. It's the clouds. Your ceiling. Yeah, it's we're, stuck up in one of the light bulbs that we can't reach to change. We're gonna we're gonna lose you here in a minute because you got a hard out. So he's gotta, actually good, but we're we're done I, almost. So I got to ask this because I know a lot of people probably don't know, and I don't either. Like as much as you do for the show, I see how much Jamie works for the the smaller podcast stuff that that we do here that he does. Like, are you with everything you're doing? Do you have a regular nine to five still? <laughs> I do. Yeah. Jeez. It's. I think a lot of people don't realize that. You know, yeah. obviously between the show and fantasy, I think it's easy to assume that that's what I would do full time. Yeah. Um, but I do. I do have a full time job that takes up. Sorry, it's all right, but it's just your program. It's just ones and zeros. Like, how hard is that? It's just ones and zeros, marks. Like, you don't even have to worry about the other right. eight numbers on the pa- on the pad. <laughs> right. If only. If only. That and how case. how long have you actually been with Pulp now? Let's see. I think this is my sixth or seventh year. Yeah, so I think 2016 was my first year. Some of that house payment belongs to you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, we're yeah, gonna wrap this thing it's up. A, it's been a ride for sure. Yeah, we're gonna wrap this wrap up show up. I want to thank Motorsport.com, Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Seal Savers, as well as all the sponsors of Pulpmex. Every week, I tell you guys, go to PulpMexShow.com, click on the sponsor deals tab, look for those discount codes, use the links, support the sponsors. If there's a sponsor you don't see a discount code. Use the, the contest at pulpmexshow.com where there's a contact form. Fill it out. Steve will usually try to get back to you and help you out if he can. He's really good about that. But the sponsors are what keeps all these shows going. If you don't support the sponsors, eventually the shows will go away. Steve's not going to do it for free. He's damn sure not going to pay me to do this if there's no sponsors. So we got to support them. Um, TJ, anything that we forgot to touch on about the show that you wanted to, that stood out? Yeah, he covered everything, actually. Marks, anything for you? Uh, no, I think uh, I think we covered it. I think it was a really good show, though. I think you know the wrap up or the, the, the four ninety nine, both. Oh, both. Thanks. I think we did good. I, so I did I better we did than good. Devin would have done. Damien, Damien, Damien. Eh, don't push it. <laughs> <laughs> Damien, Damien's on. Damien's on a pedestal for me right now. All Probably right, will be all for right. the yeah. future. Well, anyway, <laughs> I'm Dark Side. If you guys have any questions, comments, criticisms, Dark Side at pulpamix and or maybe it's pulpmexshow.com. I always forget. No, just pulpmex.com. Contest. See, there shouldn't be two. That, that's confusing enough. You got to get rid of the one website, not two. 
<laughs> Dark Side. The only Pulp Mix show email is the contest one. That's okay. the only one we use. Everything else is pulpmix.com. All right, get a hold of Dark Side. Dark Side at pulpmix.com. And man, give me your criticisms. If there's something you don't like about it, I keep telling you, I'll, I don't ever get any of those, so maybe everybody likes it. But I'll read them on air. Other than that, guys, that is a wrap. No show next week. We'll be back for 500 with Randy Richardson and Nick Still from Moto Limited on the wrap up show. Uh, it's probably going to be a really long show, so uh, we'll figure out how we're going to get it done. Other than that, we're out. <laughs> See you. Why would you want to re talk about the Pulp Show? Tell me.